0: This is The Edge with Jonathan von Tobel and Matt Humans
3: on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We got a good show on tap today. We got a lot to get to. There's a lot going on. We've got day baseball. We've got the PGA championship underway. We've got the NBA finals, conference finals, to put it that way. Um, and. In 30 minutes, Aaron Renning is going to join us, professional handicapper, NBA handicapper, DR Sports 1 up on Twitter. We want to give him a follow to discuss everything we will see in the association later tonight. But, Matt Humans, we begin in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which borders the state of Texas, right? That's correct. Tulsa does not border no, Texas, but like Oklahoma. What Oklahoma does. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Yeah. I was like, don't, "Don't you got me worried for a second. I was like, no way I got that one wrong. <laughs> uh, Rory McIlroy, your leader in the clubhouse right now, sitting all by himself at five undersuits, around mm-hmm. 165. Two other guys sitting behind him. They are in the clubhouse as well with 66s in their pocket. Will zelatoris uh, Tom Hogue. Hoke, I always get that wrong. Tom Hogue. Well, Tom hogie, thank you. Uh, right behind him at four under. Then you got a whole bunch of dudes at three and two under par. But a really good first round for one Rory McIlroy following up his last major appearance in which he uh, finished strong at the Masters.
5: Yeah, he had a big Sunday at, at Augusta to rally to finish second. And he picked up where he left off today in the PGA, five under in the um, – really the uh, showcase group this morning rory tiger and jordan spieth and uh, rory's the only guy who played well in that group today tiger started out two under through five yep. and he looked good and then uh, the wheels fell off on the back nine today so he's going to struggle to make the cut at this point but tiger with a strong start before he faded rory was making it look easy uh, i was up watching this at uh, 6 30 this morning i, t- I tweeted west reynolds or texted him i said uh, your boy your boy Rory is making it look easy and he texts back about an hour later. Yeah, of course. When I when I don't bet him, <laughs> Is there, I think West has bet Rory and like every major and so many big tournaments for the last five years. The guy hadn't won a major since 2014. Give up, huh? Uh, so we'll see if uh, West jumps on Rory after the first round. But it's, you never
4: never give up on your heroes. I didn't give up on Mots, and look what happened last year. He finally delivered for me. That's huh? right.
5: Hideki Matsuyama one for you at the Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the highlights so far will Zalatoris. Yep, uh, one back. Uh, Willie Z has he's uh, been big in the um, in the majors, and uh, nice first round for him today. So he's won back at Rory. Ended it on a little on a, bit
4: of a, a negative because he uh, bogeyed 18, which was kind of a
5: yeah, a bummer. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, 18 is where Tiger's round started to unravel. Yeah, uh, Tiger actually his group, he he and Rory and Spee started on 10, and 18 was their ninth hole. Tiger was actually, he hit a monster drive on 18. In the second shot, I said, man, he's going to have a birdie opportunity here. He shanked his wedge shot into the bunker and bogeyed, and that's where things started to turn south for uh, Tiger on number 18, right before he made the turn uh, to the front nine. Anyway, Cameron Smith, the, uh, tie for, who, who tied for third at Augusta, is right now three strokes back at two under with Xander Shoffley and a group of uh, about six players. Cameron Smith started today two over, so to finish two under, I thought that was a great round for him to stay in contention. So we have a lot going on in the PGA very early. A lot of big-name players on the course right now, including John Rahm. But uh, I think the story going into uh, round two on Friday – for a lot of people, it's going to be, can Tiger rally? Can he make a comeback to make the cut?
4: Was um, the way – what were you expecting in terms of scoring? Is this course playing like you expected? Because for, for a major PGA Championship at five under through the first round, mm-hmm. in terms of pace and scoring, what did you expect? More or less. It look? I, yeah.
5: I thought the leader would be around four or five under because unless it gets really windy – I don't think the course is going to play too tough. If it there gets was wind, reports
4: of wind, but it didn't yeah. look like that strong out there today.
5: No, a twenty mile an hour gusts were going to be the max today. And if it's really windy, that course can play extremely tough. But um, I didn't think the conditions have been that bad today. It's been a little bit of wind, but our guys scored relatively well, and uh, it's about what I expected. You know, as far as Tiger Woods goes, I'm going to—I'll say this again because I got an email uh, from a Sin a listener last night who played in our VSN golf tournament last year, and I said. I'm going to stay consistent with this. Any money you see on Tiger Woods to win on the futures board is dumb money. It's not sharp. Mm. There's nothing sharp about Tiger to win a tournament. But if you want to bet on Tiger to make the cut or to beat somebody in a matchup occasionally, those are meager accomplishments in Tiger Woods' world. So those are the type of bets I made on him. I thought he was going to play really well today. It felt really good about the way he played. After the first, uh, let's see, seven or eight holes, even going to his uh, ninth hole, I thought he was looking really strong today before he faded on the back. But, you know, even when you see odds of 100-1 to 1 or so which Circa had, I think it peaked maybe at 104-1 yeah. to 1 on Tiger. I think something
4: like that, 107. You can't
5: there. take the bait. You can't, you can't bet Tiger to win a tournament. But if you want to bet on him, bet on, like I said, minor accomplishments like Tiger to make the cut, maybe Tiger to finish top 20. Or to win a matchup or things like that. Just Which is what
4: you've done back-to-back ma- majors now, yeah. right? You Tire- better to make the cut in the, at Augusta, right, right. and then you got
5: him here too, right? Yeah. Well... A
4: cast at Augusta, it's not looking so promising here in the PGA. Yeah, well, if these guys continue, to, we'll see how that next day goes. Uh, You mentioned some names out on the course, some notable names a little bit further down the list, and these guys are are currently underway with their rounds, like uh, Shane Lowry, Adam Scott, they're seven uh, through seven, even as is Jason Day, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Colin Morikawa. All these guys are even uh, Morikawa, Rahm, and uh, Scheffler, all through four at this point. We're actually watching them on Mm -hmm. the screen right now. And some notable names that got off to some pretty poor starts. Dustin Johnson, one over through six. That's not something that you can't overcome at this point. So still plenty of golf left for him to be uh, playing. Hideki Matsuyama, he is done with his day. He is two over. Jordan Spieth, done with his day as well with a 72, two over par. And... um, Let's see, there was one more name I was going to mention. I think that's about it right now. But those are some notable names. Oh, Kepka. That's what I was going with. Uh, he is through seven at three over par. Yeah. So not the best for uh, for books at this point.
5: No, Brooks Kepka. I, I had uh, Patrick Everson of uh,
4: props. Props.com, yep.
5: Props uh, text me the other day. What do you think about Kepka forty to one? I said, man, he's you can't keep dumping money on Kepka. He's at this point, he's a blowhard and an underachiever. It's great. How, been, he can't use the injuries as an excuse anymore, like he did for two years when he wasn't winning. Uh, now he's healthy and he's
4: still playing poorly. Yep, it's crazy how and, and Deschambeau was injured before he pulled out, um, but you know he was at like what ninety five ish to one before he withdrew from uh, the tournament. I mean, DeChambeau uh, should have been 1,000
5: to 1 Kepka, to win this tournament right, with his the, wrist, wrist the tumble, surgery a month ago. The yeah. tumble
4: down the odds yeah. boards in just, what, the last, what, less than two years for those two? Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were at their peaks in terms of the number, yeah, it's been pretty nuts. So Kepka off to a pretty poor start, and I would agree. I've burned uh, some money on Kepka the last over the last year in some of these big tournaments, and he has uh, not really come close uh, to doing so. So we will keep an eye on this. Scotty Scheffler just eagled five, it wow. looks like. So Look he's that. two under, uh, moving up the board. Scheffler's played some really good golf, dude, especially in these majors. You see right there. Top 25 finishes, seven in the last seven majors. Top 10 finishes, four, and, of course, they win. So we'll keep an eye on the that.
5: Think about Scotty Scheffler. I wrote about this in Point Spread Weekly. He was 0 for 70 on the PGA Tour yeah. going into Super Bowl weekend when he won the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He has won four tournaments since then. So he came into this uh, PGA 4 for 78 in the wind column after being 0 for 70.
4: So happens with these guys, right? I mean, Kepka got hot. Yeah. I don't know if he's winning majors consistently and then all of a sudden just falls off. Yep. So We'll see if this happens to Scheffler, too. These uh, these young guns come out of nowhere. Bam, let's win a couple of majors and then falls off the face of the earth. So hopefully it doesn't happen uh, for him. All right, with that, we go back to last night, and uh, we don't need a lot of time on this. <laughs> so um, it was a blowout. Not a sweat for me, Matt Eubens, who is clutching a Dallas plus five-and-a-half ticket, 112-87 to 87 the final score as uh, the Golden State Warriors get a win in game one of the Western Conference finals and a really big win at that. When you come into a matchup like this, Matt, where you are a massive underdog, where nobody in the world really believes in what you are as a team, it's really good to get a win like this for the Golden State Warriors, right? <laughs> yeah, when when the whole world counts you out.
5: Uh, Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director, tweeted this yesterday. He thought it was funny. At Andrews Sports, by the way, his Twitter page is back. Back, yeah. It's not some weird, like you know, NFT crypto owl or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. He was hacked, now yeah. he's back. Chris Andrews. Of, uh, the South Point says, quote, I'm listening to the Mavs Warriors on the radio. I hear a soundbite of Stephen Curry saying, quote, no one picked us to win the West. <laughs> so Chris continues, excuse me? I closed them minus 240 and I'm flooded with Golden State money. I hate when they say that stupid crap. Right. Okay.
4: I agree. I agree with Chris. This is it's too- not the
5: Warriors against the world.
4: Right. No. Well, we we see, like, the. I mean, this is an egregious, like, nobody believed in us type of deal. Right. And I get players have to do it. One of the most egregious was the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Was it last year? Nobody believes in us. We're the underdogs. Like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, everybody believes you to be the best uh, team We'll talk about in Nick Saban later in oh, the show. Yeah, we will. Uh, that's a good tease. Uh, but also, can I just note, kind of along this line? Um, I keep hearing that the Miami Heat are the most disrespected one seed of all time. Oh, come on. You want to know who the most disrespected one seed of all? I don't know this for a fact, but I do know this. The year that Isaiah Thomas was with the Boston Celtics and they yeah. were the one seed, mm-hmm. and they almost lost to the Bulls, by the way, as the yeah. eight, yeah. they were 20-1 to one to win the, uh, the title that year okay. when they got into the postseason. When the postseason started, they right. were 20-1. to one. So miss me with the the nonsense of Miami being the most disrespected one seed of all time. Which leads us to set up later tonight. Well, have more details on this, but we do have breaking news on um, the injury situation for the Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart the other day was listed as probable, so him coming back is not the biggest deal in the world. Uh, but upgraded to questionable, and it looks like he is going to play, as according to Sham Sharanya and multiple other reports. Well, Al Horford's going to be back after missing game one with a positive COVID test. But you get two back, you lose one. Derek White is expecting his child to come into this world, so he is actually out today. He's not going to be with the Boston Celtics as he expects the birth of his child at some point today. So you lose Derek White for today, but Marcus Smart and Al Horford back on the floor. What the result is, Heat minus two with a total of 207. I think the Celtics will take that trade. Oh, if you get like two of your starters back for it. Yeah. Uh, Derek White's good. Don't get us wrong right. here. Derek White's awesome, but They'd if you're going to get a, those two back... And Derek White's out. I think you'll take it. for Yeah, a you got to
5: have Marcus Smart now, Horford back, and that's big for the Celtics. Obviously, a much better spot here in Game Two after you get blown out in Game One, and you get two starters back on the floor. I think uh, the dog should be live in this game tonight. The only reason I bet the Heat in Game One, which was. Uh, actually a late afternoon decision was because when I got the news that Al Horford was going to be out, I said, you take Smart and Horford off the floor, I can't see the Celtics winning the game. So that's the only reason I bet I wasn't even going to play the game until I heard that Horford was going to be out. So I, I still think the Celtics are sitting in a pretty good position to come back and win this series. Right now, if you like the adjusted series price on Boston, it's plus 120 here at the South Point.
4: All right, we'll have Aaron Renning on with us in 15 minutes to discuss that and more. On the other side, we get to college football. Nick Saban just throwing around some accusations. It's uh, getting wild in Alabama.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio
0: app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge
3: on vSEN, the sports betting network.
5: Okay, the VSN spring special is here for only $59. You get everything VSN has to offer from now to the end of July. The best sports betting content in the business right at vsin.com Subscribers get access to all of it. Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, JVT's NBA, all the way through the finals, Andy McNeil on hockey, and we have a lot of NFL coverage as well as golf and more. If you want the daily best bet email, point spread weekly and everything vcin has to offer, plus the live stream of all the shows, go to vsendcom slash spring that's only 59 dollars to be a subscriber through july 31st vsend.com/spring slash spring
4: all right watching cal uh, colin morikawa right now he's on the sixth i Three think he through. was even through five yeah, even through five a, a nice shot we talk like this for the rest of the show um college football you want to get to this let's, so, let's start college football so before we get to because we have lines that, that are up um to discuss specifically with Alabama. Um, But this whole NIL thing? Yeah, there we go. Um, It's taken the world by storm. And a lot of these college coaches, because they're dinosaurs, are complaining about it. They don't know how to do it. We need some guardrails. This thing needs to change. Um, And you're seeing teams get pretty brazen with it, would you say? Right? Like, offering flat out just kind of offering teams money or players money. The the long kid out of Miami. Everything that happened there, where his agent's starting to pull him out. We're going to get out of here. If uh, the NIL, NIL deal doesn't get better, so, we had Nick Saban making comments uh, about this earlier today, and specifically pointing at, I think, a rival inside the SEC and flat out accusing them of, yeah, they're just buying players. And you've
0: read about them, you know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year, AM was first. AM bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. Right? We didn't buy one player. All right? But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future
4: because more and more people are doing it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So because take shots at a and says they bought every single one of their players. More teams are going to be doing this and also setting up for, I don't know, I guess the potential downfall of Alabama when they start to lose games. I don't know if we can keep doing this.
5: No, it's, it's Nick Saban. Uh, it's BS from Nick Saban. That's what it is. Because if you don't think Alabama, one way or another, has been funneling funds to players over the years, then you're very naive. Okay, right. that's just the way college football works, and I know some stories, actually, some inside stories about top recruits we've seen go to Alabama, move on to the NFL, whose uh, families benefited financially from uh, from the player's involvement in the Alabama program. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Nick Saban can't sit here and say that. Uh, well, Texas A&M is paying all of its players, and we're not paying anybody. That's total BS. And I think Saban's gotten to the point now where he's so old, he's become a loose cannon. He just says whatever the hell he wants to say. And, uh, you know, Joe Paterno got to that point too. I think Saban has been at the top of the college football mountain here for so long, and he can basically get any recruit he wants, and now his position is being threatened by other programs that can actually just up front, Pay players to come play there. That's the way the name, image, likeness deals are going to work. You know, and there's obviously some big-time programs that are going to suffer if they can't step up and pay more than the rivals. And that's, uh, unfortunately, the, the new, I guess, landscape of college athletics. I don't like it. I've always believed that players should be compensated on some level. Uh, Probably not to the extent that they are now because uh, any players who's who's on scholarship benefits greatly from that anyway. Uh, But this... Name, image, and likeness uh, situations going to get out of control. College basketball, college football, it's on the border of that now. But the last guy I want to hear cry poor is Nick Saban. So
4: can I take you back? There's two things to add to this. One, I'll take you back to July 20th, 2021, where Saban reportedly told Texas High School Coaches Association that Bryce Young, a sophomore, is due to, quote, make ungodly numbers, almost seven figures, in terms of NIL deals. And it's all because of the brand at Alabama. So it works for you, yeah. when, you, want to flaunt, yeah. you know, when you want to flaunt it. And of course, you put it out there on purpose, because you want the other kids to hear, hey, the starting quarterback at Alabama is going to make a million dollars. That's why you put it out there. So mm-hmm. stop acting like you're not doing the same thing. Right. And uh, the other is, did you see Jimbo Fisher's reaction to this?
5: I think Jimbo Fisher said some people think they're God. Isn't
4: uh, Wasn't that his quote? Quote, we never bought anybody. No rules are broken. Nothing was done wrong. It's a shame that you've got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families in Texas A&M. We do things right. We're always going to do things right. We're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. And uh, also, as you noted, uh, the narcissist in him being saved, it doesn't allow these things to happen. It's ridiculous when he's not on on top. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his deal. You uh, may find found out a lot of things you don't want to know. <laughs> That's the truth. Yep. That's the truth. Jimbo oh, was
5: great. Said. I'm glad to see Jimbo fire back because it's like when Coach K tried to get the college basketball season canceled a couple of years ago during the pandemic after he lost home games to Michigan State and <laughs> Illinois. Right. Why are we playing? Why are we even playing this season? And he wanted to get the whole season canceled uh, because he lost at home, and he couldn't have the uh, Cameron Crazies there at Duke. He was a sore loser. And I think uh, it was Nate Oates at Alabama who actually stood up to him and mm-hmm. fired back at Coach K, who thinks he's – thought he was the god of college. college National, yeah. And Nate Oates fired back. And a lot of people um, gave Oates credit for doing that, speaking up to uh, Coach K, standing up to him. So somebody's got to stand up to Saban on this too because it's, it's BS and it's hypocritical on his part to act like that uh, – He's the poor, uh, the poor loser, or the uh, the guy who's going to lose out on this. And it's poor Nick Saban, and uh, he's going to be on the short end of the stick. That's total BS. Anyway, if you look at college football opening numbers, I know Chris Andrews here at the South Point is working on college football games of the year. Is gonna. I don't think they're going to be up imminently, but uh, probably going to have them up next month. We've seen some uh, college football numbers pop up at different sports books around the country, and uh, Alabama, how about these numbers? Here's how bad things have gotten at Alabama, JBT. Wow. It's tied more than two touchdown favorites this season against Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, and Auburn. So here's the schedule. The gap is closing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the opening numbers, Alabama is minus 15 at Texas on September 10th. Alabama minus 16 against Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M on October 8th. And do you think uh, Saban and Fisher, uh, you think there might be some bad blood in that Maybe. game? I'm down with it. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a, October 8th, and that's going to be a revenge game for the Tide, by the way. Alabama minus that's 16 point, against LSU. That's actually at LSU on November 5th. Uh, Alabama a 24-point home favorite against Auburn on November 26th. And uh, one more I threw in here on this graphic. This is going to be a big game in Vegas. It's going to be a sellout at Allegiant Stadium. Notre Dame and BYU. That's a pretty good non-conference game going to be here. And uh, first half of the season,
4: Notre Dame opens a a seven-and-a-half point favorite against BYU. Um, Should we also point out, too, I forgot to mention this when it came to Saban, as he's complaining about Jimbo Fisher buying um, prospects and whatnot, um, that he said this in front of a group of quote local business leaders. I wonder why he was doing a presentation in front of a quote local business. Alabama's leaders. got plenty of boosters <laughs> who
5: will step up and pay the NILs. There's no question about it. It's ridiculous. Right, look at why it's happening in Miami.
4: Right. Well, and here's the thing. And this is the other thing that kind of bugs me about these coaches complaining. Yeah. How many times in let's just even call it professional sports? How many times do you see a team? get all the good ingredients, right? Win the offseason, do whatever. Mm-hmm. It also depends on what you do with it. Right. So, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of t- programs like Miami, for example. Give Mario Cristobal everything he wants in terms of players. There's no guarantee that he's going to hit it out of the park with all those guys, develop them properly, and they're going to be any good. Uh, that's the truth.
5: <laughs> yeah. You get that
4: right. As Ricky Fowler chips one in from the bunker. No, there he is. Uh,
5: to get the even par, I believe. farewell tour. <laughs> uh, um,
4: all right. Really quickly, last two minutes, because there's a lot of day games uh, underway, of course, in Major League Baseball. Um, the Yankees do have an opportunity here. It is a tie-tie game, 6-6, uh, <laughs> six, six, top of the night, uh, with the bases loaded. John Carlos Dayton at the plate. But I wanted to bring up baseball very quickly, Matt, because we did get big news. Uh, Max Scherzer. So yesterday, pulls himself out of the game. Looked like it was back tightness. We get the official report done for six to eight weeks. Yeah, it's a little bit
5: surprising because Scherzer pulled himself out last night, and he said he hoped he avoided a major injury by leaving the game early. I think it was – what did you say? It was in the sixth inning, right? Yes. And it was was side discomfort. So now you've got Jacob deGrom – who's going to be sidelined until, what, late June or maybe July, and mm-hmm. Max Scherzer out a while, so it's, the Mets just can't avoid and remember, with the pitching
4: staff. Tyler McGill as well, who started yeah. a year strong, he's on the 15-day injured yeah. list, and yeah. he, that just got – that happened, uh, I think, what, like on Sunday or something like that? So this Mets team – and this is, this is something that I wanted to bring up. I'm always wary – you know, you brought up laying prices on a day-to-day basis in Major League Baseball. I'm always wary of laying prices in March and May and things like that in Major League Baseball because so many things can happen. And then here you are, Mets minus 190 to win this division. Sure, there were some people who thought the Mets were going to be a, a pretty good solid bet to win this division, mm-hmm. maybe run away with it. But the Phillies have played really good baseball on yeah. the West Coast. Their bats suddenly came to life. And now you got these injuries at the top of the rotation. Nothing is given in Major League Baseball, man. Yeah, and
5: Bryce Harper's got an injury, an elbow injury, yep. so he can't play the field for... Uh, several weeks, I think maybe six weeks. But thanks to the DH, Bryce Harper is not going to be sidelined, nope. so he can still play. And he's
4: still mashing, dude. Yeah, and um,
5: the Mets are going to—they're going to have a hard time holding on to the top spot in that division with uh, no Degrom, Scherzer, and McGill in that uh, starting rotation. By the way, Shohei Ohtani pitched well last night. We'll talk about that later. But Hates. the
4: Angels yeah. took the loss as big favorites. Tough road trip for the Halos. Don't sleep on those Phillies at 6-1 to to win that division. Just saying. All right, we'll come back. Aaron Rennings going to join us next. Get his thoughts on the conference finals, both the NBA uh, conference finals, and how the Warriors will just overcome this to moniker as the underdog against the Dallas Mavericks.
3: This is The Edge on v the sports betting network.
4: If you're ready for a real fresh start with lasting change, take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way that you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zyn nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zyn nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Fresh starts here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today, zyncom slash 10. Zin Zyn nicotine Pouches only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning. PRODUCT CONTAINS NICOTINE, NICOTINE IS AN ADDICTIVE CHEMICAL. We welcome in Aaron Renning at ER Sports 1 up on Twitter, professional handicapper, NBA guru as well. ER, good for. Uh, thank you for joining us. So let's start with today before we get to what we watched last night. There's not much to take away from the result, but maybe big series or big picture stuff. Um, we're going to get Marcus Smart back. We're going to get Al Horford back, but Derek White is not going to play today for the Boston Celtics. How much, if anything, did uh, those injuries and the returns for both of those guys change your opinion, if at all, on this matchup in game two of the Eastern Conference Finals?
3: Hey, good to be with you guys, and, uh, well, I mean, I've, I certainly feel a little bit better about it. I played the uh, the Celtics uh, yesterday morning in this game, you know, plus four points, so Horford coming back certainly helps. You know, he seems, to, to a degree, he's kind of the anchor uh, of what this team does from a defensive standpoint. <laughs> I think he's more of an anchor than uh, Marcus Smart is uh, at this point, but, you know, Smart coming back, obviously, uh, helps to at least attempt to uh, shut down Jimmy Butler and I, I was looking to bet uh, I like the Boston side of the equation uh, in this series uh, anyway um, you know I've been impressed with them this, the second half of the season thought you know I have had, a, have had them power rated is uh, the best team in the NBA since the about the end of January uh, it really hasn't changed uh, after beating the Bucks uh, in the last round. I, I thought the first game, uh, you know, really wasn't surprised with the result. Uh, that was uh, I thought it was just going to be a tough spot for Boston. Uh, I, I thought the game played out much like uh, the first game in the series between Memphis and Golden State. Of course, if you remember that game, Memphis was off that uh, game six win in Minnesota. I had that quick turnaround. Uh, to play at home against golden state that Sunday afternoon, uh, Memphis was leading that game by about 10 at halftime. Uh, and then just got tired, you know, uh, kind of had a letdown in that second half and golden state came back to win thought this was very similar, uh, in the direction, you know, the biggest thing I was surprised about in game one, uh, Jimmy Butler having such a good game, obviously he's a great pl- two way player. Um, but you know, he, Jimmy Butler had his way against Atlanta going to, you know, targeting Trey young as much as possible, had his way against Philadelphia. Um, you know, Doc Rivers wasn't concerned about uh, shutting him down. I mean, Boston has so many different defenders to throw at him um, and he can't really hunt defenders uh, like he did in the other series. Although he did a good job hunting Pritchard uh, in that series. But I mean, the you know, the net rating with Butler uh, on the floor for Miami is just ridiculous, uh, you know, Not a minus without him. And, you know, especially with heroes off the court, um, you know, they don't really have anybody else that can create baskets. So I would expect a lot better game plan for Jimmy Butler uh, in this one. And I, I'd uh, certainly look to play the Celtics and, uh, come back with them on the adjusted series price.
4: So what'd you make of the total for this series? I, I was kind of surprised game one. That was like a game seven total. I think it closed like two oh three and a half half. Yeah. in some spots. Now we've seen this big adjustment. Uh, we're up to two Oh seven now for the total here tonight. Part of me still thinks that this is somewhat low. I still think these are two teams that actually can score on one another and make this a little higher scoring than the market's giving it credit for. But uh, is the adjustment apt here by the market, pushing this from the two Oh three and a half at the close to the two Oh seven that's on the board now.
3: No, I mean, I think that's well put, JVT, that the total was just kind of beaten down. um, And, you know, there just wasn't really a lot of value in in playing that under. I was a a little bit upset, you know, just from a numbers play. I I was about a half point or a point away from playing uh, the over in game one. Uh, Obviously, the surprising, um, you know, deal probably with game one was both teams played with pace. I mean, both teams hadn't played with that kind of pace uh, really At all during the playoffs, Miami without Lowry plays a little bit slower, uh, to begin with, but, um, you know, and obviously it makes sense. I mean, both teams are excellent, uh, in the half court, uh, from a defensive perspective. So you want to try to get as many easy baskets, uh, as you can generally as series go on, I mean, it is harder to get those, uh, easier baskets in transition. So um, certainly agree with the correction uh, up here with the play. Uh, I still made it a little bit higher, uh, the JVT, but not enough to uh, come in with a bet on it. All
5: right, Aaron, running with us on the edge. What about uh, futures? Did you play anything previous uh, to this series on the Heat or the Celtics? And did you say now is when you would jump in on Boston plus 120 to win this series?
3: Uh, yeah, well, my plan was coming into the series, I thought it was going to be a bad spot for Boston. I thought if they were going to lose any game in the series, uh, that game one was going to be the game that they're going to lose. So I bet about half of what I wanted to bet um, as far as Boston to win the series. Uh, I can't remember, minus 160, 165, uh, whatever it was. I, I'm, I'm still very confident that Boston's going to win this series. And I did bet a little bit. Um, Boston plus uh, 210 plus 220 to win the NBA title at that point. I thought they were the best team uh, left here. I thought there was actually some value in that. Uh, but again, I bet it for a little bit less, knowing uh, or thinking that if they had lost uh, game one, that I would come back uh, and play some more here. So, yeah, uh, come back here with Boston. Uh, more on the, the adjusted series price and, and maybe a little bit in the futures market as well.
4: All right, let's go to the Western Conference Finals then. So the Golden State Warriors take care of business. A similar situation, right? Uh, Dallas has to play game seven, come back, so much shorter, uh, somewhat short rest, not as short as uh, the Boston Celtics, and uh, they get blown out in the first game. So for me, ER, outside of the actual result, uh, what worries me here is, if you go back to game three between Dallas and Phoenix, Luka Doncic pops up on the floor with all that kinetic tape on his shoulder, and we we see yesterday, he's grabbing at that thing left to right. He's grippacing. He mentioned it afterwards that he would be fine, but I'm not entirely sure. A lot of his shots were sh- falling short. He was really inefficient from the floor. Should we be worried about the uh, Mavericks here, big picture, if Doncic is not fully healthy because it does not look like that's the case?
3: No, I think you're right. I think you have to be a little bit concerned here with, you know, how Luke is. I mean, you know, let's be honest. He's, he's uh... a <laughs> – you know, he he generally would kind of play like that and, and um, you know, not a surprising coming from a player like him. If you watch his, any of his uh, actions, I guess, throughout a, a game. So, but I think there is something there and I think it will be interesting uh, if the Warriors adjust to that and uh, let him shoot more, you know, 25, 30 foot uh, jump shots, essentially, guard him a little bit like John Morant and, you know, let him hoist all those three pointers um, and and maybe guard the other guys at the perimeter a little bit harder and not be quick to uh, double him out there. Um, So I think that's one thing to kind of watch uh, in this series. Didn't have real strong opinion in this series, leaned a little bit uh, towards uh, Dallas having some value. And that was just, thinking Golden State was still just a little bit overrated. Obviously to me this is not the Warriors team of 5 years ago. Steph Curry still I mean 7 to 16 last night 21 points. He's obviously a great player but not the player he was 5 years ago. Klay Thompson uh not even close. Kevin Durant's not walking through that door uh anytime and you know it, Golden State had not covered the three-pointer all that well uh at times in the playoffs and even last night I thought Dallas had uh, a lot of good looks um, in that game and, and Dallas to shoot 11 of 48. Second half. It was, you know, not as, not as good as shots for Dallas. I thought golden state maybe covered it a little bit more. Maybe Dallas just uh, let down a little bit more uh, into that. So obviously they can shoot the three pointer a lot, but you know, that's the trouble with Dallas or a team like Dallas. When you miss those, all those shots, you know, that creates uh, golden state right into the hands of how they want to play and get up and down the court. Uh, I mean, the Warriors to shoot 56% uh, in that game, a lot of easy baskets in transition. So uh, nothing really went right uh, for Dallas in that game. You know, the problem is they're still undermanned They're you know, they're not the better team here, but uh, would come back and, and lean here towards uh, Dallas in this game. But with that said, you know, the way golden state, junks the game up on defense with his own box and one uh, different things that they are doing. And on offense, they are such a different team, you know, they don't run a lot of pick and roll. It, it does take some adjusting here uh, for Dallas to get used to, to how they play.
4: ER sports. One is the Twitter handle. Aaron Renning is the name, Aaron. It's good to talk to you as always, man. Thank you. All right. Very good. Thank you guys. Good luck. You got it. ER sports. One always really succinct saying goodbye.
5: <laughs> it's interesting. When you think about the, uh, Previous series for the Mavericks, they looked dead after the first two games in Phoenix, yeah. and uh, their defense was non existent. Then the series shifts to Dallas, and it was a totally different story. And you wonder if that's going to be the same thing here in this round against the Warriors. Are they going to look bad again in game two? And is the best spot to bet Dallas going to be game three at home when the Mavericks
4: are down two games in the series? Yeah, I do wonder. The the shoulder injury does worry me, though, with Doncic. He did not look comfortable. And also, at least in those first two games in Phoenix, the final scores, I mean, they almost covered game one, remember, and then game two. Yeah, but they were getting blown out in that game, let's face it. Well, right, but I'm saying they they showed competitive stretches in that Mm -hmm. game yesterday that was not the case or so. Well, well Luca was out uh, drinking beer before the game, right? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> All right, we'll come <laughs> back, wrap it up here on The Edge.
0: If you dare.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever
0: you get your podcasts.
3: This is The Edge on vSEN, the sports betting network.
5: Hey, draft like no other, wine like no other, play free during the PGA Tour with the Maomi Dare to Play Unrivaled Golf Series. Enter five free contests to take your shot at a share of $25,000 in total cash prizes. Go to DraftKings.com slash now to join the action. That's DraftKings.com slash M-E-I-O-M-I. Uh, Mayomi, flavor forward, 21 and older only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly, JBT.
4: Yes, do so. Please do so. I know um, you
5: like to drink wine once in a while.
4: Um, not really, actually. My dad's—it's one of my uh, biggest disappointments of my life. Apparently, to my father, my dad's like a wino. I thought you were at a recent uh, wedding reception or something where you drink a bunch of wine. Well, that was my uh, my wife's birthday dinner. Oh, for, okay. yeah. Got got a little wine. Got a little <laughs> wine in the belly. We'll put it that way. Uh, but yeah, my my dad's one of those dudes who like takes like a glass of wine and we're like. <sighs> you know like sniff it and act like he knows like it smells different oh, I smell the hints of rosewood and you know cherry blossoms and I'm like no you don't stop hopefully he's not listening uh, all right so let's talk about some best bets so Wednesday's recap no sweat Matt no sweat in any way whatsoever got to kick back and relax during this one because the Mavericks got blown out Uh plus five and a half against the Golden State Warriors
5: so I had a couple uh underdogs that came up flat in the first games of these series you know I, I didn't have, I didn't bet last night's game. I do kind of like the Mavericks, I think, in some spots. Like you said, if Luka Doncic's shoulder is going to be okay, I do think the Mavericks are going to be in decent spots to bet a couple times in this series. But I always feel like Golden State's better to bet against uh, when it has a series lead because they tend to take their foot off the gas and get a little lackadaisical. So maybe game two or game three, I am going to jump in on the Mavericks. Yeah um are you concerned about Lucas'
4: shoulder i am i I really because just because it's not only just the grabbing at it but he clearly tried to do something with it in like the last part of that phoenix series putting the kinetic tape on it and whatnot i thought it was surprising like he came out and there was a bunch on there but he played perfectly fine we know the the series ended uh he seems to think that he's going to be okay but athletes always say that but i'm I'm also say this matt and this is one of the things that i think is worth like it's never going to change but uh, I was on with the guys on primetime action yesterday, and they noted in jest that uh, bench decorum, I think it was for the Mavericks or something like that, they got find like $50,000, yeah, right? Yeah. But remember what we discussed in the first round that the Suns got five twenty-five thousand dollars for Devin Booker's injury not disclosing it properly, mm-hmm. invoking, hey, you know, sports gambling, got to be clear. Well, here's the problem. So you had that, with the Phoenix Suns did. You have Chris Paul after their series with Dallas saying, oh, yeah, you know, my quad, it was hurt the whole time. Like, if that's really the case, and Doncic has been dealing with a shoulder injury but never popping up on an injury report, you, you, you got to do something with these things. Damian Lillard, separated rib. LeBron James, broken hand, NBA finals. We can go down the list of these injuries that have kind of been hidden into these big, high-leverage situations. Right. You've got some obligations now. That's all I'm going to say. Right.
5: Well, how about Chris Paul? No, Chris. He and Devin Booker could not have played any worse in Game Seven.
4: He was injured. Oh, and did you see what what happened to Devin Booker? I don't know if you noticed this. No, don't tell me he was injured too. No, no, well, he was to a certain extent. Um, His heart was injured. Apparently. Oh, he got dumped. Kylie Jenner? Is that the one? Uh, Right before Game Seven. Dumped him right before Game Seven. Right before Game Seven. Can you you believe it? Yeah, deleted all the Instagram pictures.
5: Are you serious? Yeah, that's that's a dagger uh, that's, to the heart. That's the type of uh, handicapping angle Wes Reynolds would be all over. <laughs> he loves stuff like that. The yep. soap opera aspect of sports. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Devin Booker played like a heartbroken. He did shooting guard. Like the <laughs> And Chris Paul, come on. I mean, he didn't show any hint of being injured. Then you get blown out in Game Seven, and he limps out of the arena. No comment. Don't want to talk Ta- about. Talks it. to his favorite media members. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, come you know, on. it's been bothering come me. On, yeah. Yeah. Stop it. The losers limp. Of course, of course. And that's one thing it. that bothered me a little bit today watching the PGA is that Tiger was playing great. He really was, I thought, in the front nine. And then all of a sudden, slowly, his game started to slowly deteriorate. And the announcers start making excuses. For maybe his legs hurt. Maybe And then Tiger starts limping
4: a little bit. Yeah. Come on. Come on, stop! I'll still I'll huh? buy more into Tiger limping than I will. Yeah, I'm not buying to Chris Paul. The series, now, Tiger, right.
5: Tiger's leg probably had, he probably has some discomfort in his leg. But uh, this the stuff in the NBA when a team drops a series, you get blown out at home in Game Seven, and you never showed a hint of an injury before, and now all of a sudden you're limping out of the arena. I mean,
4: the best. Come on, the best is always going to be. And I'm a LeBron James fan, but after they get swept by the Warriors, and he shows up in the last press yeah. conference with a hand brace, and he's right. like, "Oh yeah, I punched the blackboard and uh, broken after Game One." <laughs> I, mean, and it, I think it was a game three. And the injury was never
5: reported. No. And then the they way. showed,
4: remember they showed locker room footage. I think it was game three. And he's sitting there cranking out pushups. He's like, I oh, yeah, man It was broken the whole time. It hurts. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, baseball recap from yesterday. So Reds guardians, first five under four, that got got postponed to this morning and Molly delivered. So he actually got there and this game went under the first four, the first five total of four this morning. So that, you oh, know, okay. that was postponed yesterday. But just to point out that like the process did seem sound. Molly's got some good stuff coming for him today. Six and a third. I think he only gave up one or two earned runs. Looked pretty solid. So, again, look for those indicators for some of these guys. Uh, and then yesterday, the Blue Jays uh, don't get a gun against the Mariners, against Marco Gonzalez. And you watch it. It's so annoying. I think he, I think Gonzalez induced like four swings and misses or four whists like the entire game. Only struck out two. Mm-hmm. He got some good defensive plays. And you're, I'm just like, come on, man. Uh, regardless, Marco Gonzalez's day is going to come for him. But that was a loss. So, yeah. One loss for yesterday and a postponement. i <laughs> sure. Uh, nothing tonight in baseball? No, nothing tonight. I was going to um, – I was looking at the uh, the Red Sox, because most of these da- these games are underway anyway. Uh, Mariners, Red Sox coming back to this. And I was just more interested to see how this guy's going to pitch. Uh, but for those who haven't seen him yet, George Kirby's been freaking awesome for the Seattle Mariners, one of their pitching young pitchers. And it's only through two starts. Uh, and last time out, only four, uh, four innings and gave up one run, three total. But he's looked really good. And he's got some electric stuff in terms of the fastball. And um, – Looks like he's got some good strikeout stuff. At least he showed in the first outing against the Rays. Wasn't uh, as dynamic in the second one, but I want to watch Kirby tonight. I I was looking at the Boston, but Kirby's numbers are pretty tight across the board, so I didn't want to uh, test that theory today.
5: Okay. I do want to look back quickly at last night's game, (laughs) because we talked about this extensively on the show yesterday, and uh, the Angels were minus 175 at Texas, and the Rangers' offense had really – uh, Showing a lot of life the previous couple days, and we we were talking about don't weigh this type of price with the Angels, no matter how in love you are with Shohei Ohtani and the way he's pitching. And he was great last mm-hmm. night. Uh, he did give up a couple runs in six innings, but how about this tweet from Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register. He covers the Angels. Shohei's average fastball last night was 98.6 miles per hour, the hardest for any game in his career, JVT. He threw eight pitches, 100 or higher. And he finished last night in six innings, allowed two runs through 94 pitches left in a tie game. The Angels lost in extras uh, last night. But Shohei, like you said, he, he's getting better and better. And I, I do think you can find a lot of spots where you can back him. Mm-hmm. But as a 175 road favorite against a hot offense was not the spot last night.
4: No, and uh, again, like and the Angels go through this road trip. They go three and four. They're back at home. They get to beat up on the uh, Oakland Athletics. You maybe. would think coming maybe. back maybe. home, maybe. Um, but I will say, and again, going back to Adam Burke, one of our uh, fantastic MLB writers, one of many Major League Baseball writers on the <laughs> on the network. Um, he talked about the regression that was potentially coming for the Angels' bullpen, and it did not look good in this series against the Texas Rangers. So it's just worth pointing out there that there were some small signs coming, and you know, ultimately, that was the case. You got anything, baseball or anything uh, like n-
5: Nothing baseball tonight. By the way, the Yankees just dropped the game to the Orioles. Yes. And the Mets just beat the Cardinals. So the Mets uh, win 7-6. to The Yankees fall uh, 9-6 to in Baltimore. The Yankees had the bases loaded. And uh, two outs, Stanton at the plate. I didn't see what happened with Stanton, but obviously it was nothing. Uh, because... It was a hard hit ball to center. And it, yeah, it okay. died. And uh, then the Orioles get a walk off, nine to six. So good news for the Yankees. Excuse me. Good news for the Mets. Bad news for the Yankees. Yes. Yes. Uh, quick recap of uh, golf plays. Uh, the two guys in the best shape for me in the PGA right now: Will Zalatoris at thirty-four to one, one stroke back. Cameron Smith at twenty-one to one is um, yeah, Shoffley too? two under par. I did not bet Shoffley, okay. no. I got I bet Z Scheffler and- over Shoffley in a matchup. I don't bet Shoffley to win anymore. No? Nah. No, nah, because nah, I don't think he's a winner.
4: I was going to make a cheesy joke he about chokes. Don't give it he to jo- you, He chokes no. down the
5: stretch. <laughs> but uh check out com tonight. Wes Reynolds is going to write the uh, adjusted odds update. That will be on the website. And uh, I'll do that Friday night after round two Heading into the weekend, Rory McIlroy with a one-stroke lead looks like he's going to be the first-round leader. What is
4: uh, what are the odds on in that write up Wes Reynolds, including a self-deprecating line about Rory McIlroy?
5: Uh, I'd say there's a good chance <laughs> that's going to happen.
4: <laughs> Rory, Wes, you're uh, you're leader, 65.
5: Wes is going to be frustrated. I, I think he's bet Rory in uh, most majors in the last uh, six or seven years. Rory has not won a major since 2014. I got to tell you, he looked strong today from the start in total control. Unlike Tiger, who started strong faded on the back nine. <laughs> Rory uh, had a couple bogeys on the back, but he looked, uh, he looked like the tournament winner from start to finish. I'm hoping Will Zalatoris or Cameron Smith can get hot in round
4: two. Uh, and also I don't know if I made it clear or not as we were talking about this, but uh, I was I am in Aaron Rennings camp uh, yesterday when that old line opened between Miami and Boston, took four with them in the column this morning, took three and a half. Um, I do think that Boston's in a pretty good situation with smart back out there. Not that he's shutting down Jimmy Butler, uh, but he's going to win a few more possessions than one Peyton Pritchard would defensively. Yeah. So I think we're going to have a one- one series tie. Heading back to Beantown, although they reportedly don't like it being called Beantown. they'll go back to Boston with a one-1 tie. Boston operates pretty well with the series hole. They did it against Milwaukee a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be able to do it again here today. All right, we're all done. vsyn.com is where you want to go. Vson.com slash podcast. You missed out any part of this show. And uh, go to vsyn.com slash JVT daily write ups. They're fantastic. We'll see you tomorrow.